The other night I was outside, not by the pool, or not in the pool, but by the pool in our complex, and I heard a child singing slash speaking, chanting something that I hadn't heard in a long, long time. Nanny, nanny, boo-boo. And it, it's funny what survives over time, but it sent my mind into all these memories of the past, like Marcel Proust eating a cookie that forced him to write 10,000 pages. That's the way it felt. I heard her singing that, and I just had all these memories. It took me immediately back to a playground at Duff Elementary School in Arlington, Texas, where I went to kindergarten. And going around on the playground as a kindergartner, and Sunday, this little girl who was in my kindergarten class, Sunday, who we called Ice Cream Sunday, because we were kindergartners, She was the girl, I I don't know, I round corners real widely to this day. Like if this is the corner that I'm walking around, I never walk right around the corner like this. And it's because of Sunday. Because one morning, I don't know if it was before school or I don't know why we were not walking in a single file line, but I rounded the corner and she rounded the corner, and we bumped heads. Walked right into each other. And I can still see her. We stood there, looking at each other, crying, and holding our heads, like face to face. We weren't moving, we weren't, te- they weren't, I don't know if a teacher was calling for another teacher, but I remember us just standing there and crying, and staring at each other. Me and Ice Cream Sunday kindergartners with head bumps is to this day why I take corners widely. Walking, the car, whatever. Take wide corners. The reason I remember her is because our elementary school was divided pretty much, not quite evenly, but pretty evenly in half. Kindergarten, first and second grade was kind of to ourselves. And the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth graders were to themselves. Back then, sixth grade was elementary school. We never saw the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, but on the playground, kindergarten, first, and second graders were all out there together. And we thought that the second graders were like the, that, that was top of the, they were like right on the edge of adulthood. They were the ones that we looked up to and were scared of and all that. And the second graders would come, And they would look at us and say, kindergarten baby, stick your head in gravy. And Sunday would look at them and say, nanny, nanny, boo-boo. That's not a forgiveness story. As much as something I've thought about this past week, thinking about forgiving ourselves and the memories of our past, memories of our past, remembrance of things past. Many of my regrets that I still carry around with me sometimes to this day 
were decisions or actions made before I was 18. The way I treated people, especially, maybe the same is true for you. If so, take today as both an invitation and an opportunity to forgive yourself. Out of all the talk of forgiveness, maybe the most challenging aspect of forgiveness is learning how to forgive yourself. Because the thing is, if you don't learn how to accept forgiveness, you may not be forgiving of others. Bitterness can set in. And furthermore, if I sound like a dime store philosopher, or I guess even Yoda on this one, forgive me, but lack of forgiveness, whether giving or receiving, can lead to fear. And fear leads to anger. And anger leads to hate. And hate leads to all that's to say. It's a domino effect. You start living into fear. Because if you may have noticed this, we live right now in an age of fear and anger and hate and a lot of suffering. And this may be the only place you hear this this week. You don't have to live into it. No matter how many times you hear it, you may hear it 23 of the other hours of today and 24 every day this week. This one hour, I'm telling you, you don't have to live into it. You just don't. So on this day of forgiveness, this is our virtue for this year, listen to Jesus say something that we have somehow either forgotten or ignored over this past year. And I know that Jesus is talking about food and clothing and those kinds of things, but I have a feeling it's more than that too. Here's Jesus. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And why do you worry about clothing? Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and is tomorrow thrown into the fire... Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive after all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. So, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today.
You've heard Leonard Cohen's song, Hallelujah. And if you don't think that you've heard it, trust me, you've heard it. You know, his version, Jeff Buckley's version, all, it's all over the place. You've heard it. I saw an interview recently with Leonard Cohen talking about that song, Hallelujah. This is what Leonard Cohen said. You look around and you see a world that cannot be made sense of. You either raise your fists or you say hallelujah. One more part of the Bible that seems to get ignored these days. Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up, as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice and be kind to one another. tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. You ready for some hard questions that this passage reflects back on us? Here they are. Are you daily putting away all bitterness? All of it actively putting it away. Do you ever slander, talk, or think badly about someone without addressing them? Do you make any of your decisions from a place of fear and anger? Are you watching things on TV and the internet that feed your fear and anger? Because all of those things can actually get in the way of you forgiving others and even forgiving yourself. So the other questions that this passage raises for us, would you consider yourself tender-hearted? Do you take opportunities to be kind, to choose kindness? And are you intentional about being forgiving? Because I have news for you. You can raise your fists, but any and everything you raise your fists to in this world is temporary. It's not that we shouldn't care, but we definitely, as Jesus followers, need to remember that we are part of a much bigger story than our momentary troubles. Bigger than playgrounds, bigger than all your worries. Maybe the playground is where we learned how to divide from each other and separate. And maybe we just haven't gotten past treating each other like we're still on a playground. When I was in kindergarten, I finally got to the point where I just ignored the second graders. And you know why? Because there was a slide. There was a slide on the playground. And slides were the greatest thing in the whole world. And then... 
when my kids were little and we lived across the street from their elementary school, I would walk them across the street and go over with them and play on the playground. And here I was, 35-year-old man, and you know what I was doing? Sliding down the slide. You know why? Because slides are awesome. Slides are wonderful. And just because you're 35 or 55 or 75 doesn't mean that you have to act like there's no such thing as slides anymore. And you just got to worry all the time about everything. And holy cow, what are we going to do about today and tomorrow and yesterday? Go slide. That's what the slide's there for. And then I would take my kids, and while we were sliding or Mario go rounding or swinging or whatever it was, I took those opportunities to do what I think you're supposed to do as a dad, and you'd tell your kids stories. And so I told them a story one time that stuck with them, and it's actually an old Cherokee story, old Native American story. Granddad sitting with his grandson or granddaughter, sitting there with them, and says, inside of us there's two wolves, and they're fighting all the time. One wolf is filled with hatred, anger, rage. The other wolf, love, compassion, forgiveness. And they're fighting all the time. And so grandkid looks at granddad and says, which one wins? And you know what granddad says? The one you feed. And I would do that, and then I would try to go be a minister after sliding with my kids. And we had this one guy that no matter what we said, did, or sung in worship, he would corner one of the elders every single Sunday, and he would complain about any and everything. He probably would have complained about Jesus' haircut if Jesus had been the guest preacher that Sunday. Service was over, he'd go hunt down one of the elders. You could just see it happen. You know, Lord bless you and keep... And then he would go find somebody. And it just kind of became a thing. But now I know That man was probably a second grader one time. And he probably called Sunday ice cream Sunday, or maybe he got called ice cream Sunday. And a lot of fear, and a lot of worry, and a lot of anger. And the Bible says, put those things away. You look around and you see a world that cannot be made sense of. You can either raise your fists or you say hallelujah. And if you learned how to put all those things away, tell me how. Because this much I know, I always have some changing and some growing to do. And there's always going to be someone to forgive. And half the time, you need to forgive yourself. And a lot of fear, and a lot of worry, and a lot of anger, 
And the Bible says, put those things away. Whether your past, your present, or all this useless worry about the future, take a deep breath. Because there's always going to be a playground. And we're going to bump our heads. And the second graders are still going to call you names. And the wolves are going to keep fighting. And people are going to keep complaining about Jesus' haircut. And you have some disappointments from your past. And you have some disappointments in your present. And you have some regrets in your life. In Christ Jesus, those do not have to define you. But they also don't have to drive your actions today either. It just leads to more fear. And it leads to more anger. And it leads to more worry. And the Bible says, put those things away. Trust me on this one. Accept the forgiveness of God. And in so doing, forgive one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. You are forgiven. Go and do likewise. And along the way, you can forgive yourself. Amen.